Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast. Today, we're doing something new. Now, we've done influencer marketing, we've done PR, but we've never done how do you pitch specifically around pitching if you even if you don't know the influencer even if you don't know the press it's about a pitch these people and joining me is Amanda Whitcroft and she is out of New York don't hold her that hold that against her uh, and uh, before we jump in Amanda would you introduce yourself Sure thing. Thanks for having me, Mark. Uh, my name is Amanda Wickcroft, as you mentioned. I own Panda PR and Marketing. Uh, I've been in business a little over three years now, and I represent clients within the tech, healthcare, and hospitality verticals. And I support them, as you mentioned, uh, in PR, traditional PR, influencer marketing, and um, other services. Excellent. So, Let's just jump right into it. So when we talk about pitching press, pitching influencers, what do, what do you mean by that? So pitching influencers and, and PR is really, it, you know, it cha- it's an ever-changing thing. So especially in times of COVID, you know, where you could develop even a 30-day strategy or a 60-day strategy, you know, that you don't see that really happening anymore. And so what's happening is you're really paying attention to the market trends, what is what's working in that week, and you have to really stay up with, with the times and adapt accordingly. So press releases for traditional PR, for example, where you, um, if you have, for example, a client within the sustainability sector, and you, you know, it's all sustainability. ESG is a huge, huge trending topic of conversation. So to insert your client, whether they, you know, are in the food and beverage industry or they're in more of the financial sector, you really want to find what, you know, what is the sweet spot and pitch accordingly. And for influencers, same thing. It's keeping up with who who is um, trending, who's talking about things that are relevant to your client, and finding the people who are on brand to insert themselves into the conversation. I mean, I, I think of influencers and, and press as, you know, the, the I, I always like to dumb it down to a high school. They're like the hottest kids in, in high school, right? And so everyone's hitting on them. Everyone's putting forth their best pitch. Everyone's doing what they can to get them to go out with, with them, at least for a date or two. So what is it that you recommend people do in order to get the attention of, you know, the, the hot kids? <laughs> so I, I tend to sign clients based on knowing that I can get behind their meaning or their, their mission. So once I do that, and that's of course the first step, then I'm able to, whether it's the press or an influencer in this case, know that I am coming to them with something that, because I also pride myself as being a firm that does not work on a cash compensation basis. I like to work on a product compensation. And in fact, I think the whole influencer is charging, you know, and having these rate cards uh, is, is fleeting. I really, and <clears throat> I hope that's the case because I, I think to have an authentic and genuine campaign uh, and to have people actually want, you know, your customers and consumers engaging with that 
product or that brand. You want to see not just a paid partnership. You want to see, you know, a, a product compensation partnership. You know, where is that in bold on Instagram? Because I think that's when you know, okay, this influencer got behind this because they actually believe in the brand. So uh, one client, so to answer your question, one client I have that's um, helped my healthcare client, we offer two PPE kits, which PPE kits, you know, consist of a hundred masks, 50 gloves, disinfectant wipes, hand sanitizers. And during this time, you know, especially when we were in the midst of, of a really bad time during this pandemic, that was very in high demand, even for your essential workers who were lacking this. So we went when we went to those influencers who were, you know, whoever you deem to be essential, and that's in healthcare vertical, that's in hospitality, that's in education, you know, they they were so happy to accept these two PPE kits in exchange for posting a static post and a story highlight with a swipe up. And that was that was really and you're still navigating influencers who request, you know, a budget or they want, but pretty I mean. All in all, you know, we were securing anywhere between four to five influencers a week on a product compensation basis, which I think is pretty good. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that is pretty good, especially if they've got, you know, the the level of influence that makes a, a difference for these brands. I mean, it's always tough to tell, unless you've been in the industry for a while, who can move the needle, who doesn't move the needle. So, um, you know, you, you kind of have to go into influencer marketing with open eyes and uh, to know that it's not always going to work, especially mm-hmm. I find on Instagram, it's even if they've got a lot of followers, it doesn't always translate into uh, brand attention. In fact, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't lead to, to much at all because they're, they're fake followers. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, just knowing the industry and knowing the influencers, I think, is, is relatively important um, to be able to set the expectations. And that's why, you know, working with somebody like you who probably has good relationship with these influencers already is, uh, is, is worth paying for. Right. Uh, right. Okay. So, let's get into the specifics of pitching. How do you know, let's say you're pitching, you know, I'm going to make it tough for you. Let's say you're pitching a new uh, crypto token. And since this is such a hot topic right now, and uh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I think you can handle it. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a brand new token with a, uh, interesting tokenomics. And for those of, the, of you that don't know what cryptocurrency is, shame on you, first of all. Second of all, you know, these are either either currencies or they're assets or they're both. And there's plenty of companies that are out there that are putting out tokens that could just be used as t- currency or they could be an asset or they could do special things, you know, like magic pixie dust type things if, uh, if you're dealing with some of the, the, the new tokens in DeFi that are coming out. So how would you begin to think about pitching influencers in that space? Because they're kind of like Burning Man meets uh, – Oh, I mean, I like it. It's a Burning Man meets a businessman. I mean, it's the businessman that moonlights as as a Burning Man uh, kid, uh, you know, during, on weekends. Right. <laughs> right. It's. I think that you know the the you you'd have to look. Obviously, you'd have to see what the crypto client is doing within the space, and and from there, you know, you'd have to come up with how how this influencer could accomplish by creating some sort of video content 
you know, exploring the current trends within the crypto space um, and the followers of the influencers, you know, would have to remain up to date as well on the market trends of crypto. So it's a bit of due diligence in that in that regard. Um, but, you know, I mean, typically an influencer with any devoted kind of following and who's a thought leader in the space, you know, you you're able to to pitch them and they're able to have a sense of whether or not they want to engage in a partnership. So you you pitch them. Is there a, a certain technique that you use? Do you offer money? Do you do you uh, kind of take a look at what they've been doing and, and try to match the pitch to what you think they, they like to do? What is it that how would you frame that? So I, I typically, I, you know, no one reads anymore. A lot of people don't, I mean, they, especially, I think influencers are getting inundated with so many different partnerships, especially those that are trending and have the following. So it's really about engaging them with uh, photos and posts of things that have previously been done. So it's also on the brand, the client to have some sort of content and usually video is really effective. Um, but even seeing other influencers and people with the product or the, you know, using the service or whatever, whatever it may be, so that they're able to see what it looks like. And from there, then you're then they're more, uh, you know, they would probably be more responsive from there, seeing what it looks like and how they would look with with that if they were to post. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a unique field of crypto. It's not like that in other industries, and they're just inundated. And you know, it seems like with with crypto, they they have to become almost an ambassador, which is somebody that's just an evangelist for you for the for that period of time. Right. So, working on pitches that get ambassadorship and uh, uh, you know full commitment from them is challenging. Mm-hmm. So. So let's go to the PR side, and I'm, I'm going to make it a little bit easier. Let's say that you have a, you know, you're a software company, and you want the the press to cover your new widget that's coming out. What does the pitch look like? How do you craft it? How do you put it together? Do you use press releases? What is it that you do? So, I mean, of course, we would do a lot of research around, you know, what that which it would be, and the software, of course, um, we would look at, into their direct competitors. That's that's a first. We would see who 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 are their competitors. How are they being talked about in the news? What's trending in that space? And then we're able to, and of course, you know, we have templates of press releases, so we're able to take that and then cater accordingly to how how the competitor is being received but of course we don't want to be the competitor but um knowing where they're being placed so that we're able to take that and go okay so here's here's how we want to be placed um but it also depends on on the the stage of which the company is in if they're a startup for example you know it's a bit harder to to do a strategy and it's a bit more of throwing spaghetti to the wall and seeing what sticks and seeing you know building a foundation uh, otherwise, if they're a little more established, um, it's then going, okay, well, here's what you have so far. And then again, seeing how we can insert them in the conversation of what's trending. Okay. And how do you find out what's trending? How do you craft that that pitch? So that's, I mean, we have the beautiful platform, Google, 
So, you know, you go into Google, but you also go into all your social media platforms. You go to Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, even Instagram now. Uh, and, and you look at how, how these things are being received, who's engaging with them, who are the consumers, who are the thought leader, especially LinkedIn for the software um, industry, you know, seeing who those thought leaders are, seeing who is following them, who's engaging with their posts. And it's, it's a lot of due diligence and it's a bit labor intensive, but going down that rabbit hole is so critical to, um, to drafting a press release that is, is going to work. Yeah. Do you find that press releases are still working? I do. I spent, and in fact, now it's, you know, granted there, again, people don't read just like influencer marketing, but your, your headline, your subject line, which I think you did this on another episode, I believe I listened to, but your, your headline and your, you know, the first couple sentences. And again, the picture, the content that you're providing within that release is everything as opposed to the text. But the press release in general, I know a lot of editors who are very old school who still want that press release. And I know a lot of new up-and-comers who really don't care. So it, it does depend. Hmm. Okay. When you're pitching these, let's just say, reporters in the industry, and, and we'll stick with the software industry, is there a certain tell that they're going to work with you or not work with you? Or how do you determine who's going to be most favorable to you? Is it spray and pray? Is it more targeted? Are you trying to warm them up on social media? What, what are the, what are the tells that they potentially could work with you? Uh, you mean in terms of like a client? Well, like they're going to write about you. Oh, um, it's, you know, they're really, it's, it's that first uh, press release, but it's also about follow-up. And I always say that every, everything, I actually have a trick that most people are more inclined to open an email or even message in social media if you follow up. Because, you know, in, in, in the email, you get that RE with the um, oh, yeah. semicolon. And guaranteed, you're probably, and actually companies are doing this now where they initially send you a spam email with the RE because you are more inclined to open that instead of an email that doesn't have that in the front of it because you think you're in a conversation. So more times than not, but when I just initially pitch editors via email, you know, I may get, and let's say I pitch a hundred editors in day one of my campaign outreach. You know, I get a couple of responses here and there, but in dates in day, and I, I wait a couple of days. So in day three or day four, when I follow up, that's when I get a huge response because they are more likely to respond when you're following up because it you you're doing you're doing the work. You're not just blindly sending this mass email in hopes of this being picked up. You're saying I want this to be mentioned in your publication. Yeah. I, I the the challenge I've seen is, you know, rising above the noise and identifying the ones that are more more likely or not to to do want to do a story with you. Do you think it comes down to the headline that you're sending to them, or is it your relationship with them? From I think the headline, the headline is certainly the appeal. I don't, I wouldn't say that gets them to write it. That's the appeal that gets them to either open the email or to to just get the attention. It's really it becomes the back and forth and the follow up that actually becomes. Are they going to you know? Is this going to become a placement? Yeah, and when I used to write for Forbes, that the, the thing that really got me was 
you know, somebody took the time to learn what I was writing about, uh, or they, you know, they said, Hey, you write, wrote for a, a competitor of ours. Why don't I give you the flip side, you know, another angle here. And if the article was popular, cause I always looked for, you know, number of views because that's how Forbes used to pay. Um, that, that was interesting because if there was an article with 200,000 views and somebody came up with a completely different opinion on it and I knew I could continue the discussion, I would probably go with it to a point. So I think just to add in, you know, looking at it from the other side is make sure you know who I am and what I write about. And if, if you really do, and you've got a client or you've got something that you want to talk about that, uh, you know, would naturally, I'd naturally want to write about you're about 60, 70% of the way there. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and especially in this digital age, you want to provide all of the information as well. You don't want to create that, you know, you do want to follow up, but you want links to everything you possibly can. So that means the website of the client, the, their Twitter, you know, whatever social media platforms they may be on, you want to include all of that because the last thing you want is for them to follow up and go, all right, what's, what's that? Because that's, you know, editors are very quick to kind of decline it because you didn't provide a very necessary piece of information. All right. So you put together the pitch, you studied who you're going after and we're, we're a little out of turn here, but how do you find the right people? How do you put the, and let's go back to influencers first. How do you find the the right influences. Are there tools that you use or is it just like sheer determination on the social platforms? How, how, do, you, how do you find them? So I'll be, I've used a, quite a bit of platforms for influencer marketing and I've never found a platform that I've been over the moon about. And that's because the platforms only can, the algorithms that they've created, um, in my opinion, can only search for so much. And that's pretty much what you get in the bio and, you know, what they deem themselves as far as, you know, who they are. So if, if somebody says lifestyle influencer or, you know, nurse mom or whatever that may be, it's, it's very vapid in a way. And so since then, it's, you know, and I'm lucky enough to have a team that, that helps me do this as well. But this and again, it's labor intensive, but it's the most effective and it always has been very reliable, which is manually searching finding these people, um, you know, and, and you, because you could have an influencer that says lifestyle, that's very vague, but when you scroll through their Instagram or their TikTok and you find out a bit more, you know, they're vegan or they're, you know, they have a passion for jewelry or they have a side venture. You know, a lot of influencers now have these side hustles where they're contributing for certain blogs or publications. And so all of a sudden that partnership becomes way more than just what you thought it would be because they also contribute for something or they have a side business that they're going to do a giveaway with. And so it's a bit of, of due diligence and rolling up your sleeves and finding those people. But at the end of the day, that, that becomes a much more again, warranted partnership than these, um, these lists that would be generated from the platforms that are offered. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of people use these platforms to, to identify them and, and uh, there is no perfect one. I agree. Um, I recommend Hyper. I have a friend that used to run it and now uh, he's doing some other things, but you know, they're expensive. And if these are one-offs and all you want to do is find the influencers for your industry, then, you know, you probably should use Amanda's method. Let's go to press. Now, it would seem to me the press is a little bit 
easier to identify, but I don't want to jump the gun and, and uh, answer for you. How do you identify the right press for your particular situation? So actually, uh, for that, I use a couple different databases. I actually use a, a platform called Press Hunt. Do you ever, it's a database of um, a little over half a million journalists. And I'm able to write in the industry. It generates the list and it's, it's pretty much on target. And after that, you know, I do also a manual search, you know, to include that because, you know, marketing is such a fragmented industry. So I'm a very much a firm believer in, and you have to fire on all cylinders and you can't just rely on, you know, one effort in order to secure something. And I'm always, you have to have multiple pots in the stove and hope that one boils. So press hunt, my, my own list, you know, the network that I've developed over the years and also you know, um, your, your white label placements, you have PR Newswire, you have um, Business Wire. So, and you have a lot of those where you, if you're not getting hits right away, you're able to utilize those to, to get the word out a little more quickly and, and tap into those resources and use that to, um, you know, get the word out to a, to a wider audience. Okay. And then uh, are you, a developer of relationships with these press people or, or are you more spread out within your industry and you've got, you know, you're, you're basically reinventing the wheel every single time that you go out and try to get press for your clients. I have, I have my, well, I built my company in hospitality. So that, that network is very much in place, you know, after once we got into this pandemic and I pivoted and successfully, so I have been, reinventing the wheel here a bit as I think a, a lot of people have had to and you know there's um I, I think I do that and I I do it well and that's where I say that sometimes and I've seen that you don't always have to have that network in place as much as you have to know how to pitch okay so it's it's more important than having uh, a network of of press because they might not right on the topic that your, your client, uh, you know, the product or service that they're offering. At the end of the day, you, you really have to know what's trending because even when I've had the network I've had, uh, if my, if my pitch was not fitting into the relevant conversation, you know, they were like, sorry, we can't, we can't do this. There's no place for this right now. So now a network is great to reach out to and get a response quickly, but it's about getting the placement and the placement comes from knowing what is going to fit into the conversation. Got it. Okay. Let's move just briefly before we wrap things up to how do you keep the press rolling in? I, I think it's one thing to learn how to pitch, learn how to find these people um, but, you know, a consistent PR program that's effective and that works. How do you keep that going? So that becomes once once you start building that foundation, you know, it becomes kind of a domino effect. And if it doesn't, you just you're continually pitching to make sure that it does. So, for example, with my client Orbital Assembly Corps, who is the startup tech company that's building the hotel in low orbit space, you know, once I pitched to space.com and they did the article and they shared to their respective social platforms, it became a domino effect of, and the, the story went viral 
because once so space.com, which is of course a very well-known publication shared to um, their Twitter and their Facebook, you know, more publications who are following this platform picked it up. So CNN, um, you know, name it. They, everyone, they, they were on the Stephen Colbert show. Um, even the Drew Barrymore show picked it up. And every, and of course, this is a great topic of conversation, but they're, they're a startup tech company. Um, so it's really about, you know, making sure, and that's where strategy comes in, where you're not just, it's not, I don't, you know, it is throwing spaghetti to the wall, but it's also making sure that you're targeting the appropriate publications so that when it does hit, that those, those followers who are, are following that publication on the social platforms can see it and it's it's again that domino effect okay all right is there it's really hard to dive into each of these things because there's i know there's so much to it is there anything else you know as we're wrapping up that you think people should know about a successful pr program or an influencer program um, I would say that in this time, and it, it's always changing, so it's hard to put a stamp on it, and it, it because it's always always changing, and it should, it has to change. But I would say to to always listen to the generation coming up, and what I love to do is hire interns and hire people who are the generation up and coming. So I like to hire, you know, your Gen Zs, and and I'll hire the next generation after that as well because I always want to learn what I don't know. And I always want to make sure that I'm up with the current trends so that, you know, as, as we're coming into this, these new platforms and some things that I still don't know how to utilize and I, I don't have a full understanding of, but you're able to tap into that generation to understand it, to make sure that your current client is still being inserted in the in the trending conversation it's so important as a pr and marketing firm to stay relevant and the only way to do that is to make sure you understand that generation and that's that's owning that you're not always going to know everything yeah okay good 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 um one of the things i have a question for you on because i always ask everybody that comes on the show what you recommend people use in terms of marketing technology. And you're the first, believe it or not, to say Clubhouse. Now, I experienced Clubhouse. You know, I liked it. I mean, it was the, the format's unique. I, I could see where they're going with it. What is it that you love about Clubhouse? So I, I've utilized it in a very different way. So um, when I go into those chat rooms, I, I use it as a networking tool. And I think a lot of people have seen it as a you know, and, and it is called a social network platform, but I think people are using it to talk and listen and learn from one another. And instead, you know, even though I'm, I'm, I, I honestly don't have time to sit in those rooms for too long a time. So, and there are those rooms where you're able to kind of quietly network. I don't know if you've seen those rooms, but even aside from those, I, I add people who I think are relevant and believe it or not, I've signed two clients from Clubhouse. Um, because I've been able to add them, they follow me back because, you know, depending, you, you really want to have a really great bio so mm -hmm. that they want to follow you back. They know what you're doing and you start a conversation from there. And if it goes to, you know, what I've done is I've added them on Clubhouse and I've taken it out of Clubhouse to then add them on LinkedIn. 
And then the conversation rolls from there. But Clubhouse has been a conversation starter to to get to that point. Okay. So for you, it's used more for recruiting new clients. Have, have you ever, on your client's behalf, gone on Clubhouse and used it as a PR tool? Uh, not yet. Do you, could you foresee that happening, um, like hosting a room and inviting a lot of people to it, and you talk about something that's, you know, part of the, part of that company's ethos or something, or you know, what problems they're solving? I, I think this is uh, in in terms of that, and that's why I'm using it. I think so quickly for, um, you know, accounts that I think it's fleeting in terms of how you know, it's being used from a, a PR standpoint. I just think because podcasts, for example, have taken precedent and I, I just don't understand why you would do Clubhouse when your client has a podcast or can utilize LinkedIn to have a conversation. Well, maybe because it's on demand, you know, you just show up and post a room. You can't really do that with a podcast. You know, it's not live. I guess you could go Facebook live for, for something like that. Uh, and Clubhouse, not everyone's a member or can get on Clubhouse. So especially if you're an Android, I think, do, do they start the Android program yet? Uh, they did. Yeah. Okay. So now Android, yeah. It yeah. just, and that's another thing. Like, I think it was a bit more exclusive when it first started. Right. Uh, it doesn't seem to be that way anymore. So I wonder, and I also feel, you know, cause there were a lot of businesses that came out of the pandemic and I just, you know, you had to be so careful that you were not just a business that was pandemic. You had to be pandemic proof. Like, what are you going to do past this? Cause we are going to get out of this. And I just, I wonder where clubhouse will go you know, post COVID. Yeah. I know a lot of people are going to want to get back out of the house, but I, I'm hearing a lot of people are going to stay in the house and, uh, <laughs> and not go back to work, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That's not me. All right. So wrapping things up, Amanda, really want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have you back for another topic, maybe PR and clubhouse when that, uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we test it and we come back and we talk about our our success or not yes bring me in in 2022 i'm here all right thanks again all right thank you mark 